going to be uh, talking on the theme entitled Legion. Before I mention that, I just want to let you all know that in the very beginning of creation, the Bible says that God, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And just by that verse alone lets us know that God is the creator and the sustainer of everything that exists. But here's the great thing about God is that everything that exists is physical. It's composed of atoms, space, and matter. However, God is spirit. He is spirit. God is not only spirit, but God is self-existent. What does that mean? That God does not need no one to exist. He needs the help of nothing to be who he is. And this is why he's always been God, because he needs nothing outside of himself. Matter of fact, everything that exists was in the mind of God. Everything that exists. So now this self-existing God decides to create things from within himself. There was no pre-existent point of reference for God to create because everything he created was already in him. So what does God do? God makes creation and he places man in it to be in relationship with God. So how does he do it? How does God do this? He does it by putting his spirit inside of man. The Bible says that God brew the breath, the breath of life into the nostrils of man and man became a living soul. And the question is, why did God do that? God blew in man so that man could do the same thing that God is. So that man could be in control just like God is in control of heaven. So that man could replenish the earth. So that man could subdue the earth and man could have dominion over the earth. So in essence, man became alive because of the Spirit of God in man enabling him to do what he was created to do. So the Holy Spirit in man enabled him to function to his fullest capacity. And this is important for you to understand this church. That because of the Spirit of God in me, I have dominion, I have control, I have the capacity to subdue. But here's a challenge right now. The challenge is that the Bible says that Satan in Ezekiel and in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that Satan was cast out of heaven because Satan rebelled against God. And Satan who was designed to worship, his purpose for existence was to worship God, was to give God glory, give God praise. And he rebelled against God and he no longer operates in his purpose for existence. So what happens when Satan now sees man operating in his purpose, in his full potential, Satan is upset. The devil saw that man was in control. The devil saw that man was replenishing the earth. The devil saw that man was subduing and in dominion. And the enemy was angry seeing man being used by God. The same thing happens with us, church. The devil hates to see you being used by God. The devil hates for you to be operating in your full potential. The devil can't stand to see you doing everything God has called you to do because by nature, he is not doing what he was created to do. And his objective is to cause you and I to deviate from God's plan. 
He hates to see you in God's potential. He hates to see you in God's purpose. He hates to see you to being what God has intended you to be. So what's his objective? His objective is to distort mankind. His objective is to destroy mankind. And as a result, he introduced man into disobedience. And this disobedience led him to death. And this death produced separation between God and man. Now Adam, who was full with the Spirit of God, had to be separate. That's what God told Adam. Don't eat from the tree. Why? Because the day you eat from the tree, you will surely die. It wasn't a physical death. It was that God's Spirit was going to detach from Adam. And now God, God, who created man to be in dominion, he is now isolated. He is now separated. And so from this moment in Genesis, all the way through all the pages of the Bible, we see that, that's what the Bible says in Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. That's not how it was in the beginning. In the beginning, the Spirit of God was not upon us. The Spirit of God was in us. God blew in us. But because of sin, now God always was hovering over, over us. He was always upon us. He was always upon us. But I'm here to tell you that when you read Acts chapter 2, it changes back to the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes back in us again. Can you say amen, church? From this moment in Genesis to the story I want to share today about a man who the Bible says who was possessed, a man who was possessed by demonic spirits. Listen to me, church. There's a story in the Bible in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, where we see a man who was not controlled by the Spirit of God, he was controlled by demonic forces. Unlike Adam in Genesis, this man was not in control. This man was not in dominion. This man was not subduing anything. And this man was not replenishing nothing. And Jesus says to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Because there's a man who is not living life to his fullest potential. Jesus says to his disciples, I got to go on a boat and go on the other side because this man, nobody knows his name. He is identified as the demon possessed of Gadara, but I'm going to the other side because I'm going to give this man his purpose back, his dominion back, his authority back, and his glory back, church. Listen to me, church. This man was known by name. He was known by the demonic force. Ain't that crazy to be known by the demons in you? He was known by the demonic forces operating in him and through him. A man who was supposed to be operating with the Spirit of God in him, he is now overwhelmed by demonic powers. The Bible says, the Bible says, look at the condition of the man. He was naked. What does that mean? He had no identity. He had no identity. He was homeless. He didn't have a place to call home. The Bible says he was living among the dead. He was considered dangerous and he was suicidal. And Jesus, when he sees this guy, he saw more than a man. He saw a man oppressed by evil spirits. And Jesus starts asking a question to this man. And then the Bible says that Jesus asked for this man. He said, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? What is your name? 
this question. Force the spirits in this man to reply. My name is Legion. And this is why he says my name is Legion. He says my name is Legion because we are many. Listen to me. The moment Jesus gets off the boat and puts his feet on the ground, this demon-possessed man comes running to Jesus and the demons inside of this man began to react to Jesus. I'm here to tell you there's no demon in hell that can't stand straight at the presence of Jesus. I'm here to tell you today it doesn't matter the demon that is trying to attack you. When Jesus shows up, things change to the glory of the Father. demons in this man and he says we're a legion now understand this that the word legion is not a spiritual word it's not a spiritual word the word legion is a military word matter of fact it goes back to the Roman Empire and to the soldier the, the Roman army listen to me demons is an ancient military word and a legion is composed check this out a legion is composed of 6,000 soldiers. I want you to get this. 6,000 soldiers make one legion. And every legion has 40 centurions. And each centurion oversees 80 soldiers. And when you times 80 by 40, it gives you that number. Listen to me, church. When the Bible talks about legion, it's talking about structure so when this man tells Jesus my name is Legion what Jesus is interpreting is this there is a demonic system there's a demonic army inside this man that is controlling this man like never before listen to me church I want you to understand sometimes we take the devil we take the devil as he's he has no power he has no authority listen to me the devil has power but how many know that Jesus is more powerful than any devil to the glory of the Father but the devil operates in structure the devil operates in a kingdom the devil operates in a militant fashion to the point that the Bible says in, in Mark chapter 3, verse 22 and 27, Jesus is making reference to how the devil works. And look what the Bible says. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Who is Jesus talking about? He's talking about demonic kingdoms. Jesus is talking about demonic kingdom structure. And let me tell you, kingdoms function with dominions, kingdoms functions with hierarchy and kingdom functions with armies and this one man in the bible was possessed by a legion of demons functioning inside of him i want you to get it it's structure that's why every time you open the door to a demon spirit you're inviting you're inviting an all a whole army to come in your life that's when you open the door for a little thing that, yeah, there's no big deal, a little white lie. That white lie is opening the door to a whole system of demonic powers. Look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 and 45. Jesus says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and it does not find it. Look what it says. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. 
and when it arrives it finds the house unoccupied swept clean and put in order then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and live in there and the final condition of that person is worse than the first listen to me church Satan has principalities just like an, a legion of army has centurions the devil has principalities that's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 that we don't wrestle against flesh or blood but against rulers against authorities against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places listen to me church this is serious there's a system out to destroy you beneath every principality I'm going to mention right now there's a demonic system designed to destroy you to keep you tied to make you live below God's purpose for your life let me give you one of the spirits or one of the principalities the devil used to come in look what he does you have one of them called the spirit of divination now what are the manifestations of a spirit of divinations fortune teller soothsayer warlock satanist witch stargazer zodiac horoscopes those of you that like to watch the horoscope you're opening the door for a spirit of divination hypnotists enchanter drugs divination magic every one of these actions open the door for the spirit of divination to come in but then you have the spirit of jealousy here are the manifestations murder revenge spite anger rage jealousy hatred cruelty strife contention competition envy and causing divisions and if you're operating in those spirits you're opening the door for legions to come in your life here's another one the spirit of lies let me tell you the manifestation of spirit of lies strong deceptions flattery superstitions religious bondages false prophecies accusation slander gossip lies false teachers listen to me that's how these demon spirits enter into your life opening one door seven will come in but then you have the spirit of perversion the perverse spirit here is manifestation a perverse spirit has come through a broken heart evil actions a person who's an atheist believes in abortion believes in child abuse filthy minded lives in doctrinal error sexual perversions twisting the word of God living a foolish life chronic warrior in contention intense and pornography these are the manifestations of a spirit of perversion church you have the spirit of haughtiness the spirit of haughtiness manifests through arrogance through pride idleness scornfulness strife obstinate self-deception contention self-righteousness rebellion and rejection of God but then you have the spirit of heaviness and this one hides a lot of in the midst of the church a spirit of heaviness is manifest through excessive mourning through sorrow through grief insomnia self-pity rejection broken-hearted despair hopelessness depression suicidal thoughts inner hurts torn spirit and heaviness this is how the spirit of heaviness takes control of somebody's mind but then you have another one spirit of whoredom what is his manifestations unfaithfulness adultery spiritual soul or body prostitution chronic dissatisfaction you're never happy love of money 
You're always looking for money. Fornication, idolatry, excessive appetite, worldliness. These are the doors that open the spirit of whoredom in the church. Here's another spirit. Spirit of bondage. What are the manifestations of spirit of bondage? Fear, addictions, alcohol, cigarettes, food, fear of death captivity to Satan, servant of corruption, compulsive sins, bondage to sin. you opening the doors. I'm talking about principalities and structures and rulers designed to kill the people of God. You have another one called the spirit of fear. Its manifestations is phobias, torment, horror, can't sleep with the light off, fear of man, nightmares, you're always in terror, anxiety, stress, fear of death, of death, untrusting, living in doubt. These are manifestations of the spirit of fear. But then you have seducing spirits, seducing spirits. Here are these manifestations, hypocritical lies, a seared conscience, attractions, fascinations by false prophets, signs and wonders, deception wandering from the truth fascination with evil ways objects or persons seducers and enticers and then you have the spirit of the antichrist what is what is the spirit of the antichrist manifestation denies the deity of christ denies the atonement work of jesus at the cross stands against Christ and against all of his teachings and does not believe in Christ. And how does he use it? He uses it through humanism. Where humanism says, it's all about me. It's not about God. I'm more important. It's all about, we're living in a humanistic world today that is opening the door for the spirit of the Antichrist to creep in the hearts of many. You have worldly speech and actions, false teachers and heresies anti-christians people who are against christ people who don't want the churches to open people who wants the churches to be shut down deceivers and lawlessness then you have another spirit i'm talking about principalities that opens doors to all these spirits you have the spirit of error and what are his manifestations unsubmissive spirit false doctrine unteachable people you can't teach them nothing they know it all servant of corruption contentions they live in the new age movement and last but not least there's so many other but then you have the spirit of death spirit of death here's the manifestation of a spirit of death attempting suicide today is with pills tomorrow's with liquor the next day you try to cut your veins spirit of suicide is, 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 is opening the door for the spirit of death to enter. And this is what this man was. The Bible says he was beating himself with rocks. He was cutting himself. He was oppressed, depressed, and demonized. But how many believe that they have to leave today in Jesus' name? How many of you believe it doesn't matter how long, how big, how strong, any one of these legions are they have to leave today Jesus commanded this legion to leave this man's life the Bible says the demons beg Jesus send among us the pigs allow us to go into them 
He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 in number rushed to the steep bank into the lake and was round. I'm here to tell you church, God has brought you here today to restore all that the enemy has broken in your life. And I tell you, Legion, come out from him in the name of Jesus. Come out of him. Be free. Be free in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how long when Jesus shows up, things change. At this point, church, all the demons ran and fled, leaving this man who had no name, who had no clothes, who lived in the gray, in the, in the caves, rejected by everybody, isolated. Jesus comes back and he brings back order to this order. Listen what the Bible says, verse 15 and on. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there. And not only was he sitting there, but the Bible says that he was dressed from not having clothes to being clothed again. I told you that being naked has to deal with your identity. From not having an identity. He, nobody knew his name. They knew him as the demonized guy. But when God comes in, he strips him from the name that the devil had over him. And he clothes him. And he gives him a new identity. And he gives him a new image. And the Bible says, look what the Bible says. That when they came back, they saw him sitting, dressed, and in his right mind. He wasn't going crazy no more. Because that's what the Spirit of God does when He enters in your heart. He brings you back to your mind. He gives you back consciousness. Isn't that what happened in the Gospel of Luke? When the guy, the prodigal son, he was about to eat the corn husk from the pigs. Right about when he was about to eat, the Bible says, and he came to himself and he said, Why am I here if in my father's house everybody has to eat? When you come to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is in your life, He will bring you back to yourself. To me, church. And consequently, verse 16 says, And those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with Jesus. Begged to go with Jesus. Oh, God. Oh God, what would happen if people broken and hurting by sin and the devil and spirits will come to Jesus? You know what they'll do? They'll never want to let him go. They came to Jesus and Jesus did not let him. But rather he said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much he has shown mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell all in the capitalist how much Jesus had done and all the people were
This is, this, this is real, y'all. When you open the door of lie, oh, you think you're just lying. No, you're not just lying. Lie opens a door of arrogance. And arrogance opens the door to pride. And, and, and it starts opening doors and doors and doors to the point that now the devil says, this guy has so many evil spirits, I got to bring a principality to take control of these spirits. And then now you're bound by principalities. But Jesus has brought us here today to set us free. He has brought us here today to break every chain so that you can walk in the newness of God and in the purpose of God. So here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to open the altar. I'm going to open the floor. And I know, Pastor, you might, you, you might say, well, Pastor, I don't feel I'm demon-possessed. Okay, praise the Lord. You shouldn't be demon-possessed if Jesus is in you. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you shouldn't be demon-possessed. But understand this, that just because you're full of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the devil is, he, he is surrounding you. The Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion looking who to devour. And he's looking. And anything you open, any door you open, he's going to come in. But if you're here today, you don't have Jesus in your heart. Listen, there's no gray, there's no gray line here. There's no gray line here. There's no 50 shades of gray. If you don't have Jesus, guess you got the devil. If you don't serve the devil, then you're serving Jesus. So, so today is a day of decision. Are you going to continue to allow the enemy in your heart and bring all this junk and all this stuff? Or are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to put, to enter in your heart and he's going to give you the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit to live a life full of the Spirit of God. And if you want to do that, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. And at the count of three, if you want Jesus to deposit his Spirit in your life, you're going to raise your hand like a rocket to the sky. And I'm going to pray with him for you. Say for you that are watching online, if today right now you want Jesus, I want you to raise your hand all over this room. I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Lift your hand if you want Jesus. Lift your hand if you want Jesus. I believe we're all from the house. I see one hand. I see two hands. I'll pray for those kids as well. But you right there where you're at. If you want Jesus. If you want Jesus. If you want Jesus. If you want Jesus. Hallelujah. I see a hand right here. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I see a hand right here. If you want Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Repeat this prayer with me. Repeat this prayer with me. And church, let's not leave them alone. We're all going to pray this. We're all going to pray them through. If you want Jesus, put your hand out, sir. If you want Jesus right now, in the chat, right now, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, right there, I want you to write, I want Jesus right now. And I want you to repeat this prayer with me. You are live and you are on the website. Here we go. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are God and you have a plan for my life. I receive Jesus in my heart. I receive your Holy Spirit in my life and I reject the enemy and everything that he has brought into my life wash me clean me and seal me with your Holy Spirit and with your help I promise to serve you for the rest of my life I thank you because I am saved in Jesus name Amen Amen Amen. Come on, church. Put those hands together. Get up on your feet. And let's give God glory in the house of God. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship.